0: The views, information, and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the athlete. Watching Chloe Kim snowboard is like watching a musician. I would say
1: that Chloe, when she's snowboarding, looks almost like music being played, of course, but not necessarily the most soft and soothing type of music. Like heavy metal cello.
0: You could call Mike Jankowski the conductor in this metaphor. Or you can just call him Coach Jenks. He's the head coach of the U.S. Olympic snowboarding team. He's been working with Chloe since she was 12 years old.
1: There's a class and sophistication to the cello, but when you plug it into an amplifier and maybe put a wah-wah pedal and a distortion pedal on it and you crank it through a big Marshall stack, that would be Chloe.
0: Chloe is a rock star in the snowboarding world. She's a four-time X Games gold medalist and an Olympic gold medalist.
2: The thing is that is always pushing me is like, I'm surrounded by such amazing snowboarders and like, I've read with the guys a lot and they're always doing the craziest things like doing double corks in 1440s. And then I'm like, well, if they can do it, I can do it.
0: Chloe's drive to push the boundaries of snowboarding landed her in Zermatt, Switzerland this fall she's been training for a new challenge. It's called the Frontside Double Cork 1080.
2: Going upside down twice, I guess, is the easiest way to put it.
0: Even though she sounds chill about it, the trick is anything but. Imagine doing two cartwheels, fully airborne, in just two seconds. It's as dangerous as it sounds. You can break your neck twice. Chloe takes this risk every time she attempts the front double ten.
2: I had a really big bruise on my back and my butt. I had a swell bow, which is when you smack your elbow so hard it just swells up and you burst a bunch of blood vessels in your elbow. I had whiplash from,
0: like, whipping my head back on one. Snowboarding has rebellious roots. It was born as an alternative to what was seen as the uptight world of skiing. At just 18 years old, Chloe is fearlessly leading the next generation of shredders, women, who are pushing this sport forward.
2: I've always been very competitive with myself. I'll learn a new trick that's never been done, but I won't like it unless it's perfect. Like, that's my version of progression. And yes, like, while I do that, I am progressing women's snowboarding, but it's also, like, something I want to do for myself.
0: As she readies herself at the top of the halfpipe, about to give this trick another go, the blue skies and snowcaps of Zasve are shimmering. It almost makes you forget about the risk until you hear the drone of two helicopters. They're air ambulances. It's really scary, but something
2: about that is so I don't know, it's just so addicting. Like,
0: you want to get it so bad that you'll put yourself through all of that to do it. Chloe shakes off the nerves, readies her gear, and drops in. How Chloe Kim is changing the boundaries of her sport and inspiring others to stay grounded in who they are. From Nike, this is the Phenom Effect where athlete stories progress beyond the field of play. To get as good at snowboarding as Chloe Kim, you have to start young. For Chloe, that meant hitting the slopes of a Southern California resort called Mountain High.
2: My dad actually wanted my mom to go snowboard with him, but she said no. So he took me, innocent four-year-old Chloe, to the mountain as bait. So my mom... Would feel guilty for letting her four year old daughter go on the mountain doing a, a dangerous, extreme sport with her father.
0: <laughs> this little ruse worked differently than her dad had planned. Chloe got hooked, and they kept going back. She picked up the basics almost effortlessly. Her dad, Zhang Jin, bought her a board for 25 bucks off eBay. He even cut up her mom's yoga mats and lined Chloe's snowsuits with them to protect her falls.
2: I literally looked like a tiny marshmallow. Like, it was insane. Like, we're talking, like, extra-large pants just stuffed to the max. And, like, extra-large
0: jackets just stuffed to the max. Even at that young age, she learned a lot about herself. Not just as an athlete, but as someone who was going to do things her way.
2: Getting on and off a chairlift is probably, like, the hardest part about learning. I remember he'd always hug me when getting off the chairlift, because when you get off, it's like this pretty steep hill. You know, we'd always just fall together because my dad knew he wasn't gonna make it down the hill, so he'd always take me with because he thought I was gonna fall too. When I was like five and a half, six, I was like, look, dad, I'd appreciate it if you stopped like taking me down to the ground with you, but like, let me get off on my own. So he did and I was completely fine and he kept falling.
0: This self-confidence started at home, with her tight-knit family. Chloe's parents are both from South Korea, but they actually met in Switzerland. Her mom, Boran Yoon, was there on a business trip, and her father, Jong Jin, was running a Swiss travel agency for Koreans. After they got together, they moved to the U.S. and began to build a life together in California.
2: I grew up with two amazing cultures, like very Korean at home. Like my parents are amazing, like immigrated from Korea in the 90s. Like, you know, the Korean culture is a beautiful culture. And when I walked outside of my house, it was the American culture. You know, I call home America because I was born and raised here. Um, But I know like I have
0: roots in Korea and that's really, that's really dope. At Mountain High with Jong as her snowboarding coach, all that practice time on the mountain was starting to pay off. By age seven, she won the junior nationals. But when Chloe turned eight, her parents made a big decision that would change her course. It would be the first time her strong foundation and sense of self would be tested.
2: I lived in Switzerland for two years to learn how to speak French. I hated it at the time because I literally got thrown into the deep end of the pool, got there, went to a public like elementary school. Did not know how to speak French whatsoever.
0: The whole not-knowing-French thing was the least of her worries. Let's just say Chloe didn't get a warm welcome from her new classmates. They made fun of her.
2: I was the only Asian at my school, so I got picked on for the longest time, and it sucked so bad. They would, like, do the eye thing. It was hard for me to make friends there.
0: John came to visit Chloe on some weekends and during long breaks from classes. When he did, they'd go snowboarding just like old times. They'd wake up at four in the morning, take two trains to France, and catch some fresh powder. Snowboarding
2: was kind of an outlet for me, just like for my emotions and, you know, just for me to express myself in like a good way. Whenever I was super stressed
0: out, I was like, all right, sick, look, I get to snowboard in a week. It's gonna be dope. Chloe kept pushing through the emotional weight of being teased. She joined the Swiss snowboarding team, so her training grew more intense. Her bullies were no match for her drive to win. I wanted to be successful. And, like, these kids, like, did feel my success. One day, her classmates turned on the news, and they saw Chloe. I did a
2: contest, and then they saw a video of me snowboarding, like, on the news or something. Like, oh my gosh, like, she goes to her school And, like, super nice to me all of a sudden. And then, like, see, we could have been friends, but you guys all decided to be mean and, like, racist. It's me, 8-year-old Chloe, all innocent. Like, (laughs) all I cared about were butterflies and ladybugs. And, like, now you guys are coming at me for the way I look, and now you want to be friends? Like, no. But I just kind of dealt with it um, and their fake love for a year, and then I was out of there.
0: She'd learned a lot during her time abroad about staying grounded, And true to herself. And of course, she became a better snowboarder. Zhang saw Chloe's growing potential. He thought she might be an Olympian in the making. So, he faced a decision.
2: He wasn't gonna let me keep snowboarding if he didn't really see it go anywhere. He didn't want me to waste my time, essentially. And like, snowboarding's so expensive,
0: so like, we can't keep supporting her if, like, she's just not gonna do that well. Olympic dreams require a different level of commitment. So the Kims went all in. John quit his engineering job to devote himself to Chloe's training, and her training arena would need to change too. She was soon off to Mammoth Mountain. The name fits. The mountain rises more than 11,000 feet in the Sierra Nevada. It was a five-hour drive from the Kim home. I would be sleeping. And at three in the morning, my dad would come in my room,
2: pick me up. I'm still asleep. Pick me up, throw me in the back of the car, put all three seatbelts on me. And I'm like, all right, cool. We're on our way to Mammoth.
0: She joined the Mammoth Mountain snowboarding team and started homeschooling. Chloe began to eat, sleep, and breathe snowboarding. Soon, other snowboarders started to notice this kid shredding on the mountain like Olympian Louis Vito.
3: I met Chloe when she was super young. I just remember watching her and be like, wow, this, this little girl is good. Like, who is she?
0: Coach Jenks was asking the same thing. He was at Mammoth Mountain during this time, and as the head coach of the U.S. Olympic snowboarding team, he was scouting for new talent.
1: I can see them from a long way away, especially someone who's tiny, and say, oh my goodness, that person is ripping down the mountain right now.
0: At the time... Chloe was only nine years old. So I was always,
2: like, pretty motivated, though. Like, I always wanted more. And, like, nothing was ever enough. Like, I always wanted to just do the best I could. And, like, a lot of the times I was like, all right, I need to be a better snowboarder. Like, I'm not happy with the way I'm riding.
0: Over the next couple years, Chloe's strong will and determination was the fuel she needed to accomplish things that no other girl her age had ever done. Like the 900. Two and a half rotations in the air. It's a difficult move for a snowboarder of any age, let alone someone in middle school. And she landed it.
2: When I was 12, though, I set a record. Youngest female snowboarder to do a 900 and a half
0: pipe. As her tricks grew more complicated, her dad's training couldn't keep up with her.
2: Like right after the tricks got a little gnarlier, like after 720s, and when I was learning 900s, he started to back off a little bit because it was out of
0: his expertise to teach me how to do those. It was time for Coach Jenks to step in.
1: I think with any person, athlete, you know, you get to those teenage years and it's kind of like, okay, Dad, he graciously has allowed some space to, <laughs> to get in between them um, so that she can do what she needs to do. And, and she's growing up.
0: That space from her dad and boost from her coaches was what she needed over the next four years. Chloe Kim was about to explode onto the national snowboarding scene. In 2014, she performed well enough to qualify for the Sochi Olympics. But at 13, she was too young to compete in the Games. It didn't stop her from racking up wins elsewhere. That kept, kept, kept happening. That same year, she becomes the youngest winter X Games medalist in history, earning silver in superpipe. Over the next two years, she's unstoppable. She becomes the youngest X Games gold medalist. Then she wins gold in the Youth Olympic Games. And in 2016, at just 15 years old, she becomes the first woman to land back-to-back 1080s. Oh! That's spinning three full rotations in the air, landing that and then immediately ramping back up to get back in the air and do it again. She leaves the U.S. Snowboarding Grand Prix where she did that trick with a perfect score. The first female snowboarder to ever achieve that feat. You have just witnessed history, Park
3: City, once again.
2: Oh that
3: has never been done.
2: Oh my God. incredible.
0: In 2017, she ends her epic four-year run with a gold medal at the Dew Tour. That medal, along with all her other wins, earned her a spot on the U.S. women's snowboarding team for the 2018 Winter Olympics. And this time, she's old enough to compete. And as the bell rings here in the stadium, bells ring all the way around Korea. Ringing for peace... And connecting everyone to begin the festival. The 2018 Olympics in Pyeongchang brought together Chloe's two cultures, competing in her parents' homeland of South Korea for Team USA. At 17, she was one of the youngest competitors. The world would be watching, and Chloe would be center stage.
2: You're in a new place, like, you know, you have so many odds thrown against you. But, like, it's crazy, and there's so much hype around it. Coach
0: Jenks remembers the hype well.
1: You could feel it. You could taste it. I mean, it was it was in the air. And the, the expectations that Chloe had in particular were
0: some that just I've never seen before. The hype was warranted. She was the clear favorite to win gold.
1: You're 17 years old, oh, that crowd, and here. the hype is yours.
0: February 12th, 2018, was the big day. Chloe had sailed through the qualifying rounds and into the finals. Now she had three runs on the halfpipe to go for gold. With perfect conditions, Chloe crushed it on her first two runs. Her friend and fellow Olympian Ariel Gold was there competing in the same event. Chloe, she's so calm and collected at the top of halfpipe contests. I haven't seen people who can be as goofy and as lighthearted as she is, especially in an event that's the caliber of the Olympics
2: at the top of the pipe, like, I kind of just chill. And then we dance around, my friends have some hot chocolate up there. So I'm usually just chilling,
0: doing my own thing, and then when they call my name and tell me it's game time, then, like, I'll go do my thing. While waiting for her third and final run, Chloe turned to her phone.
2: I was honestly just on my phone the whole time during the Olympics because I like to just focus on myself and do what makes me happy, <laughs> which is social media and texting and being antisocial.
0: And she tweeted exactly 100 characters that broke the internet. She wrote, Wish I finished my breakfast sandwich, but my stubborn self decided not to, and now I'm getting hangry. She smiles as she recalls doing this. I'm not trying to bash on whoever made
2: the sandwich or anything, but it was like kind of cold and like kind of firm,
0: especially in the morning. I shouldn't work that hard to chew. (laughs) Now, mind you, Chloe tweeted this out in the middle of her competition at the Olympics. It was funny and relatable, pure Chloe. People loved it. Far away from the hallways of that school in Switzerland, Chloe was still just herself and now ready for the real love coming her way. While her tweet was going viral, she prepared for her third and final run. Her last two runs placed her far ahead of the competition, but Chloe wanted to go even bigger. Let's
2: see what happens. We want to see her put this down. We want to see her let's see those back-to-back 1080s.
0: Chloe takes a deep breath and drops in. Her first move is a sky-high method air, a classic speed gathering move where you do a backbend and grab the edge of the board. Putting that down, she has enough speed to bust out her first 1080 with ease. The crowd was on pins and needles. Could she do it again? The elusive double 1080. It's never been done by a woman at the Olympics. Coming in to the first, of my hopefully two 1080s. Let's see the second, Chloe. The crowd roars as she finishes the rest of her run. As she skids to a stop, the judges tally up her score. How about this for a curtain call? 98.25, Chloe Kim, your
1: Olympic champion.
0: Chloe Kim becomes the youngest woman to win an Olympic snowboarding medal.
1: Joey Jin, her dad. Drives from Southern California, five and a half hours up to Mammoth, have paid off. Chloe Kim, the 2018 Olympic gold medalist in halfpipe.
0: In this moment, anyone with two eyes could see that Chloe wasn't just a star. She was the rising sun. But she didn't realize what was about to happen.
2: At the Olympics... The most peaceful thing about that place was the halfpipe and, like, being on the snowboard. That was the most peaceful thing ever because it was the only thing that was familiar to me. I mean, I knew it was kind of going to be a big deal, but, like, not that big of a deal. Because
0: a lot of people won gold medals, right? I wasn't the only one that won a gold medal. To everyone else, including Ariel Gold, it was obvious that this was a life-changing moment for Chloe. She was like a celebrity there. I think, obviously, her family being from South Korea, she had so many Korean fans. And then, obviously, from the United States, too, she had such a huge story built around her. Snowboarder Louis Vito, who's known Chloe since those mammoth days, saw the bigger impact, too.
3: I don't think she was quite prepared for what was going to come. Like, everything was built up for her to be this mega superstar, which everybody's cheering for you. They already know your name because of how much hype has been building. Okay, your life has just changed forever. And I think that was a little bit of a a shock for her because she wasn't used to that.
0: Chloe's life changed instantly. In the 30 minutes after she won gold, Chloe gained over 66,000 Twitter followers. Her face was all over TV in countries around the world the chloe kim frenzy had arrived chloe realized that this bright spotlight came with an opportunity to do good a few months after she won the gold chloe starred in a tv commercial with shred hate it's a prevention program working to end bullying in schools
2: you take a group of you know athletes like people that kids look up to and just- Start getting involved with this type of campaign. And if I could end bullying right now, I absolutely would. Like, I'd do anything for it.
0: Her message resonated not only with kids and teenagers, but adults, too. They started reaching out to her through social media. I get a lot of messages from
2: people, from parents, too, saying that I'm a good role model and all that stuff.
0: And your messages have been read. It makes sense that parents would see Chloe as a good role model. She's had a rock-solid foundation of love and support from day one. Her family. They've helped her develop the confidence to both be herself and to climb to the top of her sport.
2: I have the most amazing, supportive parents. And, like, it took me so long to realize that. But now that I do, it's like, oh my god, I feel so guilty for not realizing it before, but... I don't think, like, there are parents out there that would do all of that for their daughter. For, like, maybe, you know, maybe she'll go to the Olympics. Like, well,
0: I'm believing in me and supporting me. I think that's so sick. Friends like Louis Vito are impressed by the person Chloe has become.
3: She's kind of learned to embrace this almost a new role of being a powerful woman in sports and in the spotlight. And she's been handling it pretty well. It's a big step from where she was at the Olympics.
0: He says what's even more impressive is that she's taken on these larger social issues while still pushing herself athletically, moving the sport forward in the process.
3: She still has that drive to get better. I don't know how many people would be willing to put their life on the line to learn these tricks that have never been done by girls after all that.
0: Which brings us back to Zasfe, Switzerland where Chloe is attempting the dangerous frontside double cork 1080, those two cartwheels in the air. She's been working on this with Coach Jenks for a few months now.
1: That's rare in in my 16 years and uh, all the Olympics that I've been through, and I've known a lot of gold medalists, fortunately, and and not all of them have come back (laughs) with the fire that she she had, especially not that quick. They usually take a break and go to the beach for a while.
2: Every time you do it, it's a full-on attempt. There's no... There's no half doing it. Like you have to commit to it or else you're gonna land on your head and you'll be out. Every time I have my snowboard on me, it's game time.
0: As Chloe drops in, Coach Jenks is waiting at the bottom of the half pipe. As she
1: approaches the wall, she winds up her upper body. She takes her front shoulder, dips it down, takes her back arm and drives it all the way around in kind of a downward diagonal direction to create more of a flip and a rotation. And just continues looking, 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 holding the grab all the way through the trick until she sees the landing. And rides away.
0: She does it. Chloe Kim is the first woman to ever land the frontside double cork 1080. It took nearly 40 tries
2: everything we do is dangerous you know what's the fun in learning something if you don't go through hell learning it
0: chloe landing this trick is huge she has a long list of records but this one is special as ariel gold makes clear I'm super excited for her to have finally put it down because that's one of those tricks that's really critical for, I think, bridging the gap between men's and women's snowboarding. Chloe Kim's fearlessness in being herself and in constantly upping her game has paved a revolutionary path forward. The girls are really picking it up and they're
2: progressing so fast and I think I'm just being part of the progression is so important to me and I'm always pushing myself like I'm always trying to learn new things I have so much
0: joy I get so much joy from learning new things and as she would say that's pretty sick The Phenom Effect is a production of Nike. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe and let us know what you think by leaving us a review. If you like Chloe's story, keep up with her on Instagram. She's at Chloe Kim. This episode was produced by James T. Green, with help from producers Megan Cunane, Bradley Campbell, Emily Foreman, and Rachel Ward. Research by Andrew Helms and editing help by Renita Jablonski. Abby Ruzica is our senior producer. Andrea B. Scott is our editor. Mix and sound design by Zach Schmidt with additional mixing by Keegan Zemma. Our theme music is by Claus. Executive creative direction by Amber Rushton. Thanks for listening.